love you. Right? Isn't it catchy? It's such it's a catchy, catchy song. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you guys, welcome. Happy Monday to you and you and you and you and you and you. I can't believe it's Monday already, you guys. I just, I feel like the week has just flown by. The week, the years, the months, all of it. April, yes. how are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm doing great. I had a fabulous weekend and I'm going on vacation this week. So my life is right in the sweet spot. Where, where's the vacation? Fiji. <gasps> I'm jealous. I'm going through uh, San Francisco. I've never been there before. So I get to have a couple of days there before I go. So I'm oh, going to yeah. go on a wine trip and just enjoy it. Oh, you're going to love San Fran. Oh, yay. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, dear April. Happy holidays to you. Cha-cha-cha. I just have a mountain of work behind me to get through, and then I'm ready. I love it. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Melanated Way. Of course, it is Monday. We are recapping 90 Day Fiance the other way. Myself and April from Holloway Legal. You know, all of the best K-1 visa immigration information you can get here. And now, um, episode eight. For every joy, there is a price. And y'all, listen, I got a lot to say about this this episode. So definitely hold on to your weedy. Shout out to the live chat, Megan and Renee and Stevie and everyone. Bottom of the screen, I'll keep that up for a little bit. You can see where you can support the show, as well as don't forget to like and subscribe to both my channel and April's channel. And uh, let's get started. Overall thoughts, April, of this episode. This episode left us hanging on so many things. But I enjoyed it. Real talk. Uh, I love the episode. I'm kind of, as you guys can see by by the thumbnail, I, I just don't feel like anyone was really moving. The only person that moved was Danielle. Everyone else was on vacation. And I'm sick of that. I'm sick of like, oh, yeah, I'm here for like two weeks. I'm here for five days. I'm here for 30 days. That's not moving, y'all. That's a trip or an extended trip. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. I agree. All right. So let's jump in with Mahmoud and Nicole. <laughs> Nicole's the problem, in my opinion. And I've been reading and getting all the feedback from all of y'all. And a lot of you guys think it's Mahmoud that's the issue because he's younger and he's he's um, Islamic and all the things. I don't agree with you. And I know that a lot of you guys don't agree with my opinion, but I'm going to tell you that Nicole's the problem. Nicole's stuck in her ways. Nicole thinks that she's done a ton of compromising, but really she hasn't, in my opinion, really stood for anything. So you can change your mind. You're an adult. I get that. But before you change your mind, you should probably do some research. If you don't do some research, then the only person you can blame is yourself. And I'm tired of her play, playing the victim. Like, I'm just, I'm sick of it. Like 100% sick of it. Um, yeah, I think Nicole definitely has issues, but I've noticed, well, I think I've noticed, tell me what you think, everybody. Um, Mahmoud sometimes says one thing and completely means a different thing. Have you noticed this? Like sometimes he says, I'm not going to force you. I need you to cover up. I'm not going to force you. You need to come back to the house with me. I'm not going to make you do anything, but put, put the whole swimsuit on. You, have you have you noticed this? He he has his way of saying that he's not forcing her to do anything, but he totally is. 
Yeah, I mean, you so know, it's confusing. It's li it's linguistically confusing. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, the live chat is absolutely not agreeing with me. Megan says, "I normally agree with Linda, but this time I cannot. This kid is dangerous." <laughs> Renee says, "Why can't both be the problem?" Um, I mean, you guys, I, I get what you're saying. I just yes. think that I think that Nicole's the problem. I really do think she's the problem. And I'm going to explain to you why I think she's the problem because again, she was already cool, Lyft driving, Uber driving, Uber eats, whatever she was doing. She was friggin' at FITM. She had her little clothing exchange situation going on. She was super fine living her best life in Los Angeles. She decided to go back. She already knew what that entailed. She's the one that decided to marry that man and spent months with him. And so now, fast forward, year later, however long she was back in the U.S., she knew what she was getting herself into. She thought that a whole entire culture and her man that she knows was going to change. He was absolutely not going to change. So you made the decision to go back, whether that meant that you went back because you were going to be on TLC and get that exposure, whether you're really truly giving yourself another chance to be in this relationship, whatever the case may be, she made that choice. And for her to continue to say that she's being forced to do things that she doesn't want to do, first of all, no one forced you to convert. No one forced you to go back. If you're sick of your relationship, then why is it that you went back to it? Nothing was going to change. He even said he wasn't going to change. He's trying to compromise and make you happy. And the two of you both think that by saying I love you and having like lovey-dovey nicknames and love bombing each other back and forth, that that is going to, to negate the fact that you have issues in your relationship. It's not. It's not. And they, they could have easily, I think, had conversations surrounding what does compromise mean to you? Because he says he's compromising. She says she's compromising, but they they never have a clear conversation on what exactly does that look like to you? And my okay. opinion is it's never very clear to me as a watcher. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's not clear to them either. They, I think he has in his mind that he's compromising in some way, but I don't understand what it is. Fair. She thinks she is, and I I don't understand what she thinks she's compromising. Fair. And again, she's an adult, so she can change her mind. But when they met, she decided to convert, and she said that she would wear the hijab and do all the things. She she had two ceremonies, so she had two opportunities to change her mind. And now that she's actually in it, she's having an issue. And I'm going to say, you've had an issue from the get-go. You never really wanted to be about this life. And so I don't understand why you are confused by his behavior. And again, you knew who you were marrying. So you went ahead and married him, whether that was in the heat of the moment or whatever the case may be, here you are. Yeah. And so because she's an adult, she's yeah. 40 years old, I would think that she would have done her research. I would think that she would have thought twice about going back if this was mm -hmm. not for her because love can only take you so far and that's how I feel about it and y'all can come for me if you want but that's how I feel no no I think you're right I also I thought it was nice that for the very first time in all these episodes we actually got to see what their relationship is like 
this episode. That part. Sly Cat says, right, Linda, she decided to convert to Islam in his small town in Egypt, not Cairo. Facts. She mm -hmm. wouldn't have to have done any of that if she hadn't converted to a religion she knows nothing about. That and part. is not seeking to know anything about. We have not seen her seek the information. Her saying, my mood, you have to teach me, is not the same thing as her learning about the religion that she has converted to. That Absent part. him, you've converted to this religion. Do you want to know about it or not? That part. So they're fighting as per usual, and uh, Nicole really feels like, you know what? I'm just gonna do my own thing. We're gonna try again tomorrow. But it opens with her telling him to leave her the F alone. He wants to know what he did. And same, what did he do that you're so outraged in this moment? Because we don't know, right? So, um. He's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. If this is how it's going to be, I'm done. And we've heard those infamous I'm done words every single season of every single 90-day spinoff. I never believe it when they say it. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Every single cast member has said it. Yeah. So then they rewind us. It's five hours earlier. And they're both love bombing each other, which is another thing that super irritates me about them. But hi, honey. Hi, sweetheart. You know, can I teach you to pray? Yes, honey. I love you, honey. Um, and before this moment, she hasn't taken any time to learn how to pray before. And she feels like, you know, maybe this will answer some of the questions I'm having in my relationship. Maybe this will, her words, help her with her crisis of faith. You can't have a crisis in my opinion, if you don't even know what the faith is. But again, that's just my opinion. Um, and so he's showing her and i believe it's called wudu where you clean yourself before prayer um and then she has the prayer hijab on which you know i know a lot of people are like well why does she have to wear something and he doesn't and all the things i don't know all the details april maybe you do i don't know um <clears throat> so up a couple of things about it but this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I, I have a question for you whenever you're ready for a question. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> so. I've looked up some things. And of course, I believe whatever a woman chooses to do is her choice. She can do it. But whenever I look into the garments for any religious, any religion, not just Islam, any religion that requires a woman to cover herself up, I have not been able to find a reason for it that is not rooted in sexism. But what's the question? So the question is, do you know one? Do you know if there is a reason in any religion that requires a woman to cover herself but does not require the man to do so, is there a reason for that apart from sexism? And I'm talking about uh, nuns. I'm talking about even in the Baptist faith when women have to cover themselves with doilies when they speak in the church. Any religion that requires a woman to cover herself in a way that a man does not have to cover themselves. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that because I'll say at the top of my head, 
Um, I can't think of that. I can't think of an answer for that, but I will have an answer. Okay. I will I will be back to you. You hey, guys Bobby. give me an answer. I'm gonna read it in the recap if you have an answer. I, I'm an open person, I want to know. Same. Y'all I mean, you should already know that. April and I may not always agree, but we're absolutely 100 percent open. I'm open to feedback. Y'all have come for me. I can't even say a word wrong. Hijab. The gab, and you come for me, and you know what? I'm okay with that because constantly learning is all that it's about. Uh, Bobby says, Hey, April, you ladies look mighty fine tonight. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so Mahmood, um, he starts saying the prayer, and again she had a moment so she thought the moment was beautiful his voice was beautiful she had never heard it before she feels very close to him and this is why i said that she has done no research so this is not the first time you're in egypt it's not the first time you're seeing that your husband prays five times a day and this is the first time you're hearing his prayer voice so what have you been doing what were you doing the first time around and what have you been doing the second time around besides complaining and whining and playing victim that's just me <laughs> so uh, uh, she's like, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I'm thanking Allah. I'm asking him to forgive us. I'm thanking for the gifts that he's giving me, including you and my love for you and blah, blah, all that stuff. He apologizes to Nicole for not being softer with her to make it easier to teach her about Islam, which I thought was a moment. I thought, are you apologizing because you realize that, that she doesn't know anything? Or are you apologizing to kind of placate the situation so that you guys don't fight again, because all you guys have been doing is fighting. Like, do you even know what you're apologizing for? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what he even meant by saying softer. Mm -hmm. Is he saying like the difference between saying, I want you to wear a hijab to my uncle's house versus saying, Hey, um, it would be very respectful for my uncle. If you would wear a hijab there, it's your choice, but it is his house and I do want to respect him. Is that something that you would be willing to do? Is, is this the difference we're talking about? Because if that's the difference, I'm with you. But if the difference is that I still want you to do what I want you to do, regardless of your choice, then it doesn't matter. That part. Yep. Agree with you. So um, then we get into this whole, she likes to be near water. She likes to go swimming, but it's been an issue in the past. It's still an issue because of the clothing, right? She wants to wear like a one piece or a bikini. Um, and she doesn't want to have to wear what he is trying to force her to wear. Now I wanted to pop this up first uh, because I think that one of the things about Nicole is she's infamous with these, the faces that she makes and you can absolutely tell when she's unhappy with something. So mm -hmm. uh, this is the hijab that she had to wear when she's praying and you can tell that she's not impressed, but also notice that his mom is in this, this little um, frame as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the mom is hoping that she's helping in the situation, but you can't help a situation if every, all parties are not for the situation. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Correct. So, <clears throat> the librarian said, I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about these fools. <laughs> and Megan said, headscarves have been around since well before Islam and has generally signified ownership of a woman. 
that's what I saw when I when I look this up. That's what I saw. There are plenty of women who write in defense of it and say that it makes them feel closer to whichever God we're talking about, whatever religion it is um, or whatever deity. Um, a lot of women defend it and say it's their choice. But when it goes back to the reason why, why do you feel closer? Why do you, why does that make you feel closer? Oh, because it's about purity. So because you're a woman, you're not pure. But a, but a man is. You know, that's why I, I I struggle with it. I want to defend all women to have whatever choices they want, but I don't want them just because you grew up in a certain place to feel like you have to do that to be close to your God. I mean, we've had we had this conversation last yeah. week, April. <laughs> I know, I know. I do not want to go off on a tangent okay. again. But I will say this, whatever it is that you make. So I guess the part that you and I are not agreeing on is the fact that I think that doesn't matter where you're raised or how you're raised. As a woman, you have the choices to make whatever choices that you make. And I feel, unfortunately, sometimes because we are privy to so many freedoms and opportunities in the West that we put our values and belief systems above others. And I personally think that it's not an either or thing. One is not better than the other. I think that for where you are in the moment that you are in the lifestyle that you live, you make the choices that you want to make. And that's what I'm hoping is happening. But I, I, I get, I get what you're saying and I get what everyone else is saying. But again, I say, as a woman, wherever you are, make the choices that you want to make in the moments that you make them. And if that's not for you, then, you know, leave that wherever you are, leave that place and go somewhere where it aligns with the values that they have. But some women are, like you said, are okay with it. Some women say, this is what I want. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to wear a hijab. I want to be closer. I want, this is what I believe. And I believe that if I wear it, I am closer. That's how I feel. Okay, so um, one of the, and so, and there's a lot of things happening here, you guys, and we can talk about Mahmoud and Nicole for hours, because really there's, and I feel this way, not just about them, April, but I feel this way about a lot of the couples that introduce us to um, the Muslim religion, Muslim faith, Islam, all of that because they all do it completely different. And I think that there's no one right way because I think of like Ziyad, I think of Usman, they all do different things and they all say different things, you know? Um, even, what's his name? Uh, Danielle and- Muhammad. Muhammad. And Muhammad yeah. can't, not kissing her on the wedding day because it was Ramadan. And then well, we know what that was about. I know, but you know what I'm saying? They're all, I mean, if we're just being introduced to it and we're trying to figure it out, there's no what's one set standard that I've no. seen so far by watching this show, even down to um, Usama, which we'll talk about later, but Usama who says uh, he can't drink in the house, but he drinks outside mm -hmm. and even Mahmood. So Mahmood and Nicole get into this fight because she is going to wear the burkini to please him. 
She doesn't really want to wear it. She has a whole thing happening about it. He doesn't want to fight with her. So he literally walks away. And I was like, what is he mad about exactly? Because I, I didn't catch anything that actually happened. He's in the kitchen. He's smoking in the kitchen, which again, like smoking, drinking is like, I, like I'm just trying to figure out where the line is. Like, what what is it that you're allowed to do and not allowed to do? Are you picking and choosing? Because if you're picking and choosing, then that's a, a whole other conversation, April. Because then if that's the standard where you can pick and choose, like so you can drink when you want to drink and smoke when you want to smoke, then I have to then back up Nicole because then Nicole can pick and choose what she wants. She doesn't want to wear her job. She doesn't because guess what? You smoke. If she wants to not pray, well, guess what? You drink. Like, I don't understand. So thank you. It's My Rebecca's the only person I've seen bring this up. Remember when Rebecca, when Zaid was saying like, we can't live together if we don't get married before Ramadan. Mm -hmm. And she said to his face, I don't understand why you're picking and choosing these different things. So she's the only one that said it out loud. And I would love to, to see if it hasn't already happened. If Avery ever did like a pillow talker on her own YouTube channel, or if Shaida um, was on pillow talk, I'd love to see these two women review this and let us know what they're yeah, because are. they fully embraced everything yeah. but their partners have also fully embraced everything which is totally different but then if i think about rebecca and ziad ziad's got like a bunch of tattoos and i, I mean i just i don't know i don't where do you where what is i don't know i don't know but someone last week um messaged and said to me well linda it's kind of like any other religion right? Like even Christianity, knowing that I'm a Christian, that there's no one set standard. I think that people, um, you know, make it accommodate for themselves, right? So I could say the same things about Christianity. You're not supposed to um, get drunk with wine and, and whatever. You're not supposed to have premarital sex and all the things, right? But people make it work for them. So maybe it's similar. It's just a different religion. And so you're making it making it work for wherever you are in your life. I don't know, but I've been thinking about it. I feel yeah. like you have something to say. Yeah, I do. It, it's it's a little bit different for me. Um, Christianity does have multiple forms, but we don't typically see in Christianity where the, the male partner is requesting that the female partner change their physicality. Like they might request that you be a stay-at-home mom or they want to have a certain number of kids, but we don't usually see them requesting to change their physicality. Of course, there's outliers, like um, there's different sects that still require women to wear more like clothing from the 1900s uh, or the 19th century, I should say, but that's not as common as the way that we see Islam. And maybe it's, maybe it's what I see, maybe you see it differently, but what I see around me and what we see on these shows is generally like a request to change yourself physically. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that there are some parts in Christianity where you have that, where the ladies have to wear like long skirts. And, and I think back in the days, like pantyhose and then long sleeve shirts and, and, and whatnot, right? But I don't know. Again, I'm going to go back to if it's similar, it's similar in the sense that people pick and choose what works for them. Oh, yeah. 
and sure. not maybe a set rule. That perhaps might be the case. I don't know this movie, but C. Crew says, remember that movie, Not Without My Daughter? I was so young and from a small town, so my first impression of Islam was crazy. That sounds familiar, but I can't remember what it's about. Uh, Renee says, I saw that movie. It was based on a true story, but that took place in Iran where there is no separation of church and state. Fair enough. I don't know anything about it, so I can't comment on it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I will look it up because you guys know that that's how I am. <laughs> so he's smoking. They're fighting. He's mad because she needs to wear something. And she's like, her question was, do I need to wear something under this burkini? And he got mad that she asked that. And she's like, well, you know, you chose me, though. You knew I was American. You knew I was westernized. Like, I don't understand what you're mad about. So they start fighting again. Um, her whole thing is that she doesn't like the burkini. She feels self-conscious in it. In it, She feels like um, there's no compromise between her and Mahmoud. And <clears throat> she says she's trying. And she didn't know. And this is what started to piss me off. She didn't know what dressing modestly meant. Nicole, you're 40. Like, what are you talking about? You didn't know what it meant, right? And then she tells the story about the Red Sea, where when she first met Mahmoud and they went to the Red Sea and she saw other tourists wearing bikinis or like one pieces. And she feels like, quote, she's been taken from that life. And now she's in her new life where she has to wear this, a burkini. She's upset about it. She feels uncomfortable about it. She's not going to wear the hijab part, which is what she has on right at this moment, because um, she doesn't cover her hair. This picture is hilarious. It's hilarious, but also sad in the sense that no one took you from anything. Again, this was your personal choice. You chose to convert. You chose to go back to Egypt. And now you're playing the victim. And I'm just trying to figure that part out, April. Well, what... What was your understanding of why he got upset when she asked if she wears, if she should wear something underneath it? I don't, my understanding is that he misunderstood what she was asking. I think it was a language barrier because later on he goes back to say that he walked out because he didn't want to argue with her about what she's wearing. Oh, uh, so he didn't understand the question. He didn't understand the question. I understood her question. She was, you know, like, do I wear underwear underneath it or what? But um, the part that was a little bit weird is that you just got through telling us a story about a time that you already wore it. Vanessa says the same thing. The only thing I could think of is that he was annoyed because she's worn it before and knows the answer already. Yeah, I mean, Megan, Megan's saying she didn't choose agree to be bullied and worn down by her partner. Megan, I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. I don't feel like he's bullying her. Um, again, when she decided to convert, she chose on her own to convert. She didn't have to. She could have remained a Christian if she wanted. And if she remained a Christian, she would not have had to have these issues and conversations with her husband. She chose, Megan, to go back to Egypt after she was away from it and realized after two months that this wasn't working out for her. She had divorce papers in hand, but decided to go back. So I'm not going to say that he's a bully and I'm not going to say that he's wearing her down. He is asking her to be the person that she decided to be when she decided to convert that part. So 
what I don't want to do here, you guys, is I don't want to start bullying. I don't want to. I don't want to start using catchphrases and um, like hot topic words because words are important. And so far, in my opinion, I don't see that he's bullying her. I think he's standing firm in his beliefs, whether I agree with him or not. He's standing firm in his beliefs and he hasn't changed who he is. She changed who she was. And it's okay for her to change her mind, but she has to also use her words to communicate, in my opinion, where she is, what she wants, what her needs are. And if they're not in line with your partner, then you all have to assess or reassess whether you want to be together because love is obviously not going to be enough in this relationship. April, do you want to add, subtract <laughs> anything to that statement? No, no, no. I, I think that because they are having, a, I think they're having a language issue um, because now, you know, I thought Nicole was just silly for coming back to Egypt, but now I see that he has a tendency to say, yes, we'll work it out. Yes, we'll compromise. But in his mind, that means you're going to do what I want you to do. I'll just find another way for you to do what I want you to do. Mm. And so since they're having this language issue where she thinks there's some compromise available and his understanding of the word compromise is not hers, they need to sit down and look at photos together and say, this is a photo of what's acceptable, in my opinion, for you to wear. And then go from there. Like, well, what if I take this part off? Or what if I take that? Because they're not going to meet on in the words. They need yeah. pictures. Yeah. So uh, Natatat says, I think they're doing a reenactment for the cameras and that's why it's really um, not making sense. And Megan says, I'll have to 100% disagree then for this time. And I'm okay with us agreeing to disagree, Megan. That is what this is all about. We can be open and have our own opinions on stuff. So <clears throat> this is the burkini that she is not impressed with. And she feels like her life has been stolen from her. And she decides that she's not wearing the hijab part. So she she pulls it off and she fixes her hair. Uh, she feels like it's weird because it's a hooded bathing suit. He's actually grateful when she walks out that she's wearing it. He thanks her um, and goes on on this little thing about how she's so strong. She left her country, her friends, her family, everybody. She changed her clothes and her mind about things. And he doesn't think that he could do the same thing. She tries to explain to him about compromising. Um, and this is where I said, <clears throat> I don't think they both either understand what the word compromise means, because in my opinion, neither of them are compromises in, compromising in any shape, way or form. Yes, Nicole made the sacrifice to go back, but again, no one forced her to go back and this is not the first time she's been there. So this situation shouldn't be brand new to her. Um, but if you want to know like what compromise means, <laughs> it's not what you two are saying. It's not. It's not. She's saying, I want to compromise, but she still wants to wear everything that she was wearing before. Right. And I want to compromise and he still wants her in a, in a key gap. There. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Vanessa says, it's also such a great setup for her clothing line. If she thinks that she's going to make better burkinis than what I've already seen out on the market, it's going to be difficult. There's some beautiful burkinis out there on the market. That, and you know what, you guys, if you really, really want to see an example of a Western person who's really made 
um, <clears throat> modesty work for her, just go to Avery's anything, any of her social media. She has, she's the youngest cast member uh, and people were hating on her, but she completely embraced the faith, the religion, all the things. And she makes the, and, and so they would call it hijab. She makes the hijab look beautiful. She beautiful, like tucked in, fancy, gorgeous. She's got like the makeup and the jewelry. She makes it look gorgeous. So if you truly want to live this lifestyle, there are there are options for you. So don't let Nicole get you twisted. Okay. That part. Um, <clears throat> so he goes on to say that he doesn't know how to change who he is and he wants to try, but he doesn't think he can to make her happy, which I thought was the truest statement that he's made thus far. Yes. Right. Like he's saying, look, I get it. She's not happy, but I know myself and I know I'm not going to change. That's that what he's saying. That's, that's the truth. I mean, and it's okay for them to both exist in truth and say, we don't think we can work this relationship out. It's okay. And it's okay. It's okay. But you know what? Have that conversation. You're being real real with the cameras, but you guys are not being real with each other. You guys think, like I said, at the top of the show that you can love bomb each other and that your issues are going to go away. And, and yet they're not. They're not. Even if they make it over this clothing hump that we've been through every single episode, they still have the issue of she doesn't want to live with your family. I mean, yeah. So they're at the pool. Uh, he's allowed to be in shorts and shirtless. And obviously she has to wear the burkini, which I thought was, you know, something interesting to point out. They're fighting again. And here's where it got a little dodgy for me, April, because she freaks out, which is we go back to the opening of their segment. She's freaking out. She tells us to camera that she asked Mahmood, are you okay? And off camera, he said, like you care anyways. And she snapped. She's had enough. She freaks out. She walks out. She's in the streets. She's cussing him out, you know, and she's um, like saying, leave me the F alone. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this. I'm done. You did this and you know what you did. And I was like, he does? Because what did he do? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. You said, are you okay? And he was snarky and said, like you would care anyways. Is that enough to freak out the way you're freaking out? I, I feel like something else must have happened that they're not telling us or either it's made up drama. If something else happened, they're not telling us that would make more sense because Mahmoud was even more upset than I think he, I think he would have been more like, hey, I don't understand what you're upset about. Versus him saying, if she was an Egyptian wife, she would have never done that. If she was an Egyptian wife, I would have, you would have what, Mahmoud? Well, he did say, like, what did I do? He's like, what did I do? Let me know. And then she's like, you know what you did. And then he's like, I'm tired of you. Like, I don't understand what I did. And then she, she, April, is the first person to put hands on him because she pushes him mm -hmm. and he grabs her wrist and then she freaks out and says, leave me alone. 
And then he's like, okay, go. I, I need y'all to realize and go back and watch it because I always say, what do I always say? Keep your hands to yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't care who the fuck you are. Keep your hands to yourself. And she put hands on him first. Okay. Cause all of you are freaking out. People are calling him abuser and this and that because he grabbed her wrist. She put her hands on him first. Should he have reacted the way he did? Probably not. But she should not have put hands on him, in my opinion. What are your thoughts, April? She should not have touched him. But I was more concerned with the language he was using in reflection than I was concerned with the push or the grab. Because for me, there was there was a feeling, and I could be very, very wrong, that if she was not American, if she was an Egyptian wife, that he would have felt like it was okay to be more forceful with her. Let's go to the live chat real quick because this is obviously going to be a conversation. Amanda said, Amanda's in the house. <laughs> Amanda says, I can't believe production didn't step in. She pushed him, but he, and in all caps, says grabbed her. Um, Joslo says they never did anything for Angela and Michael. Um, Amanda goes on to say, and then the way he said if she was Egyptian too, and then he like trailed off, dot, dot, dot. It was scary. Um, Scandalous says he kept pushing her, pushing her after she told him to leave her alone. Pursuing. pursuing. Oh, pursuing. Yeah, Yeah. Pursuing. Uh, Amanda says, I'm with you, April. I thought that too. Uh, Renee says, Anfisa, put hands on George too. Multiple times. Auntie's advice says, his language was poor. He was prohibiting her from leaving and he was grabbing her arms first. Hi, Auntie's advice. Hello, Dean. Uh, Roslo says, I could see that he was ready to haul off and hit. Oh, Lord, and hit her. I mean, Joslo, honestly, that's the way I felt. But I know that I'm a little bit sensitive to that kind of stuff. So I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be more relaxed when I talk about it. But that's what I felt. It didn't, it didn't feel good to hear him say that. And I was afraid for any woman that he might marry after Nicole, who is Egyptian. Because obviously this is not going to work out. (laughs) And also, this is like another example of when I was saying he has this language where he'll say one thing but mean the complete opposite because he was saying, fine, I'll leave you alone. Fine, you go that way. But what is he doing the whole time? The whole time he's coming after her and saying, you have to come home with me. It's like, the, the language you're using does not match the actions that you're taking. Yeah, I need to think about this for a minute. So I did feel in the moment that both of them were being very toxic. I did feel in the moment that it was not a safe moment for either of them. Um, and the fact that he said if she was Egyptian, uh, this would not happen, that she wouldn't what did he say? Um, hold on. Yeah, what were his exact words in that moment? Because my feelings took over. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't, I don't think I wrote it down, but he says, he says to her, if she was Egyptian, Egyptian wife, something. And I didn't write that down, but I know it was a point where I was like, well, does it matter? She's Egyptian. She's a woman period. So what, if she was Egyptian, you would have handled this differently. Like I'm trying to figure it out, but I'll have to get back to you guys on that because I didn't write that down as a note. What I did write down is, um, she is complaining that behind the scenes, he's a different person. So when the cameras are away, he's constantly picking at her and she's had enough. And that's what brought her to her boiling point. She goes on to say that she's done. And he's like, well, we need to talk about it and we need to go home first. And we need to talk about it because in Egypt, this is not what we do. You don't have public fights where everyone's watching you fight. You go home and fight behind closed doors. And now that I've said it out loud, that's the part that probably would be the scariest to me. So I can't be real in myself and, and us have a disagreement, right? Because you can have a disagreement without raising your voices and being aggressive to each other and putting hands on each other in public. But he's saying, no, we're going to pretend that everything's hunky-dory. And when we get back to the house, who knows what's going to happen? And that's the part that's scariest to me. Mm -hmm. right? So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen on her end or his end or how you guys are going to take it. But they both showed their colors. And in my opinion, they're both toxic. Because her dropping F-bombs and her um, putting her hands on him first and him responding like, hey, you know what? If you were anyone else, this would go down differently. Let's go back to the house and talk about it. That's scary to me, too. So they're both completely in the wrong, in my opinion. Do you want to add anything, April? Yeah, I just want to tell a quick story. So I went to Morocco and it was a very bad trip for me because it started off with my uh, taxi driver arguing with me over how much I needed to pay him. Mm -hmm. And he was keeping my bag hostage. He would not give me my bag unless I paid this upcharge that he was asking for. And so we were outside of the hotel and I completely lost it. I mean, I'd had a horrible ride with him. I didn't want to be in his taxi in the first place, but he wouldn't let me out when I asked him to stop. And so we finally get to my hotel and I went around to, we're arguing back and forth. I went around to his driver's side and started beating on his window and the people wow. from the hotel came out and it was just, I had just got to a point where I was so mad at the way that he was treating me and knowing he was treating me that way because I was a woman that yes, I was the first person who got physical, but he would have continued acting that way because he thought it was okay to treat me that way. Gotcha. When the people came out from the hotel and I explained to them what was going on, they were mortified. They took, they got my bag for me and they took my side. So the reason I'm telling that story is to say that sometimes when you're in a situation with a man, I think the only way, it sounds bad, I know it, but I sometimes think the only way to deal with them thinking they can exercise some power over you is to show them that you're willing to act out of character. Hmm. Because nothing got his attention. Me arguing with him, he didn't care. Mm. He was going to get my money any way that he could. Mm. But when I got out of the car and started beating on that window, he was shocked. Mm. First of all, he didn't realize I was going to be able to get myself out because he tried to lock me in. Mm -hmm. Then he wouldn't give me my bag. So I feel like in this situation, Nicole found herself. Oh, by the way, I have a whole YouTube video about my trip to Morocco and why it was so bad. If you guys want to go see it on my channel, 
Um, it's in travel shorts. But in this situation, Nicole is walking away from him. He keeps pursuing her. And, you know, she gave him a push. Like, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want you to keep following me. She gave him a push. Was it right for her to put hands on him? No. But have I been in a situation where I feel like I need to switch the power dynamic up a little bit by being physical? Yes. Thank you for sharing. That is a, that is a scary, it's a scary story. Because you're also in a foreign country. You don't know what's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, in retrospect, after I'm in the hotel and all checked in, I was like, if somebody sees that on video, like, I'm in, this is not my country. Yeah. They could choose not to believe what I'm saying. You know, lucky for me, the hotel staff came running out and I was able to explain to them what was going on. Uh, Amanda says that's scary, but a really good example though. Auntie's advice says I have friends who've been treated poorly in Morocco too by men in Ubers and at the market. So sorry you went through that. They all have been, they've all said they felt so disrespected. Thank you. And I will also tell you that when I was in Morocco, when I was in Turkey, I didn't have any incidents, but when I'm in a foreign country, I dress the way that I think you're supposed to, to be respectful. So I'm being as dressed as respectful as possible because I'm coming from the airport. He knew that I was foreign. Yeah. Um, and he thought it would just be okay to take advantage of me. We agreed on one price. And then when it was time to, for me to get out, he tried to change the price. Yep. Yep. Um, so we're still on Nicole and Mahmood. Let's try to wrap them up. Basically, uh, she went to like a hotel um, he wants to go home and talk to her and work it out. She says, no, I'm not going and I'm done with you. And I don't want you to be near me. She says, I'm done. He says to her, gives her an ultimatum. I'm going to wait five minutes. If you don't come, then we're going to get divorced. And she's like, you know, I've been single for 10 years before I met Mahmood. I don't answer to anyone. He's nine years older. He doesn't know anything about anything. And I'm not going. He texts her. And says, if you don't come and get in this Uber with me, then we're going to get a divorce. And that's where they leave it. So she's in the hotel lobby and he gets into the Uber. And that's the last that we hear of them for this episode. Um, do you want to add anything before we move on to a different couple? Let's go. New couple. Jamie and Chris. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I am so confused by this couple. I'm so confused. Jamie, if you're in the live chat as per usual, please, please let us know because I have some questions for you that I just really don't even get. We so, have a lot of questions. April. We have a like, okay, I'm single. So maybe I don't understand, but I would not choose to voluntarily be in a relationship with somebody with these many issues. Listen. Maybe that's why I'm single. Listen, I'm single too. And there is absolutely no way. She hasn't even been there a friggin' week. It's been five days, she said. And you guys have put us through, it feels like a year of like constant issues and it's only been five days. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, before we move on, Megan says, I had a terrible experience in Morocco too. Thanks for sharing that story. And Francesca says, I agree, April. So, okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts, first of all, on their segment? 
I did think it was uh, nice that she was that Chris was able to get up and finally participate in some activity. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I mean, like, Jamie, you're such a sweetheart, I guess. I just don't understand why this is what you want. If by chance you're single right now and this didn't work out, which is what I'm kind of hoping for you, let me hook you up with somebody, okay? I know Colombian girls right here in Washington, D.C. You heard it here first, Jamie, and I know you're out there, so <laughs> go ahead and slide into April's DMs and she will hook it up. You know what? The librarian, Linda, your face. You know I, what? I My whole entire life, I've been trying to fix my face. <laughs> my face says it all. I know. I know. I can't help myself. <sighs> okay. Also, blood sausages are delicious. Okay, yeah, I'm she's done. Up. She's, I mean, she's from, where is she from? Alabama. Alabama. She doesn't know. First time out of the country. She doesn't know any better. Okay, so. Okay, so my overall thoughts are this. I'm finding it hard to believe that for the fat past five days, Chris was acting like she was dying, curled up in the bed, couldn't get up, couldn't move, needed to get like opioids and then muscle relaxer shots and crying and all of the things. And then the next day, Wow, miraculously, she, everything's okay. She can jump out of the bed. She can freaking go hiking. She can um, bend down and jump up, pick up the dog, hike hike a hill, go down a hill. I was like, am I, have I lost, what? So, so the pain is gone, but- The pain is gone. The court's yeah, the, gone. But I mean, not gone, but she doesn't have to go. Everything is perfect now. Oh, but wait, April. But to get in the car, you need a full-on neck brace? Make it make sense to me. Are you in pain or are you not in pain? Well, so I think she said the neck brace was just a precaution since it was a long ride to get to wherever this place was, no? And then as soon as she got there, she's like, woohoo, let's go on a 5K job. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. The, the segment opened <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is one of our peeves is people hating food. Like, just stop it. Um, okay, so the segment opens up with Chris still being in bed um, and Jamie bringing her uh, Bonello. Can I just say something fun fact to you guys? Okay, so I talk to my mom every single day. And um, the other day, my neighbor is Hispanic. And so I'm practicing my Spanish, right? So he's always like, hola. And I'm like, hola, como estas? And bien, bien. We have a little talk, right? And my mom's like, oh, so are you speaking Spanish now? I said, un poquito. And she's like, un poquito. For the number of years you've been living in Los Angeles, you should be fluent. <laughs> okay, mom, one time. Mom might be right with that. Y'all, my mom clowns me on a regular. <laughs> you guys have no idea. You have no idea. Spending a year in Japan, you don't speak Japanese yet? What are you even doing? <laughs> clowns me. Anyways, so that's why I'm hoping I said it right. Bunello. 
Am I saying it right, y'all? Tell me in the live chat so that I can at least tell my mom that I got it right. So anyways, it's like a cheese donut. Um, Chris is feeling a bit better. And so she feels like she's going to be able to jump out of bed, which she did. Jamie asked, so what's going on with court? And apparently they're going to, quote, try to do court without her at the moment. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Attorney Negative. April? Negative. I mean, if it's a preliminary court hearing, they would have never sent her a subpoena that she had to be there in the first place. She would only have to be there to testify if it actually goes to trial. But she gave us the impression that she was sent a subpoena earlier. So how do you do court without her if it was a subpoena as opposed to a preliminary hearing. I don't know. Maybe there's something happening in Alabama courts that I don't know about, but it does not sound reasonable to me as a lawyer. Jazza says, bring your mom on one time, Linda. Yeah, <laughs> y'all just wanted to come on so she can clown me for an hour. I see how, I see how you are, Jazlo. Actually, one time uh, for our Patreon, she was about to come on because she called me while I was doing a live April. And I was like, hey, mom, I'm doing a live. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, do you want to? And she clicked. Hung up. <laughs> I love her. I love her. You guys think I'm something? Just imagine the person that created this. She's, she's, she's the woman that, <clears throat> I'll give you an example, April. So she's at home, she's at home in Vancouver. And um, I'm coming home you know, to spend time with the family. And I get, I get to the house, April, I open the door and there are all these girls there and they're all like giggling and braiding each other's hair and all this stuff. And I'm just looking at them like, oh, who are all these people? And then the girl from the kitchen says, mom, do you want some tea? And I was like, I, mom, mom. What the, what the, what, what's going on over here? Who's mom? Well, I only see one mom here and I only see one daughter right here. <laughs> and she's like, oh yes, these are all my daughters. I was like, oh Lord, she's everyone's <laughs> mom. Everyone in the block calls her mom. They act like I'm the foreigner because I'm the one that's out of town and I'm not there for the day to day. I was like, oh what we're not about to do. <laughs> Sometimes I forget you're Canadian. You know, you and Gio say that to me often. Very often. I don't know how to take it, April. I don't I don't think you necessarily are giving off like strong American vibes. But I just forget sometimes. Um Everyone's like, bring your mom on. Yes, I will bring my mom on for you all to meet her and see how it is. Okay, so let's get back to Chris and Jamie. Um, so it's like their one-year anniversary since they started talking. And I wanted to ask you this, April. Like, how do you count anniversaries? Because one year since they started talking, I get that that could be an anniversary. But remember, there was like four months there where... She they were together. Well. Yeah. So do you still count the full year? I would not have counted that. I would have, 
I would have made it start over if we were doing uh, an anniversary. It would have started over at the point that we got back together and decided to be exclusive. So when we have the conversation that we're going to be exclusive, however that happens, just a regular conversation or an actual proposal, um, that's when the anniversary starts to me. Yeah. To me, the anniversary, we can we can have an anniversary like, oh, we met on this day of this year. That could be an anniversary. It's not going to be a big deal, but like, hey, oh, I'm so happy we're in each other's lives. And then the anniversary of when we decided that we're going to be exclusive, that could be an anniversary for me as well. And then obviously if you marry or decide to you're going to have a partnership or whatever, that can be an anniversary as well. Everything else to me is bullshit. So like you met and then you guys, you guys are celebrating a year, but out of the 12 months, four months we weren't together. What? Anyways, they're celebrating their one year anniversary and they're going to go glamping uh jamie's been there for five years five excuse me chris has been there for five days and she has had this miraculous change of health situation i guess i'll say uh but she is gonna wear a neck brace for the trip because as she told us before that it's the hard roads that that you know hurt her back and her neck um so they get there and again, I was shocked, April, because she's okay with the hike, carrying the dog, walking down to the camping site. Like, I, I just was confused by if you were so much in pain, one day just miraculously just gone. I was I was confused by that. That was um, that was pretty confusing to me, too. But let's, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Yes, let's give her the no. benefit of the doubt. Maybe she completely had a recess in her pain, or maybe she was willing to push through some of the pain because she didn't want to continue being such a wet noodle. Um, and may I say this, and again, you know, yes, I am being judgy, but like she dresses like it's 1990 still. Like, I don't even know what's happening here between like the thick ass headband, the crochet vest, I, all of it, the pearl necklace. Like, I just don't even understand what's happening here, but whatever. If, if you feel beautiful in it, then I'm all for it. So um, she wants to do a traditional proposal to Jamie because, you know, she's proposed quite a few times to Jamie, but not in person because they had never met in real life. So she has set up this What? First of all, this glamping looked awesome. I would totally do it. Would you do it, April? Yes, absolutely. I loved it. I loved the dome thing. I'm sure like at sunset, it was like super beautiful and you're looking up at the sky and all the things. Plus you're not like right in the elements. So I, I could do that type of glamping. So um, she sets up this tent with like balloons and roses and she spells out, marry me with a heart and a ring and she sets up this proposal. Jamie, uh, Jamie comes in, she proposes to Jamie. Jamie says, yes, yes, uh, I do for my life. They have a romantic dinner. There's wine, um, asado, chorizo, and blood sausages. And this is where Chris lost me a little bit because <clears throat> she was like, ew, what is this? This is a plate of meat. And I'm a picky eater and all of this sounds too gross. So mm -hmm. I'll just pretend to eat it. What were your thoughts on that? 
I really hate when people do that um, to food outside of their culture. All you have to do is just try a little bit of it or just leave it on your plate. You do not have to comment that it looks gross or disgusting to you. Also, she's from Alabama. I'm from Georgia. We eat like all of the pig, all of it. I mean, the innards, the butthole, everything. So to to tell her that her food is gross, I think it's just, it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. Yeah. And you guys, it's, I'm sick of, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just sick of the Americans acting like if it's not something that they recognize and eat on a regular basis, then it's gross. Like, I'm tired of that. I really am. You can be a picky eater. Just be like, I'm a picky eater, but then don't go ahead and degrade the food. Just don't eat it. But I don't need you no. to hear, I don't need to hear you talk shit, period. Don't. Um, <clears throat> interesting. Josla says, why was that offered? You can't order what you want. And Megan says, why did she think that Jamie couldn't read simple English? That part was weird to me. <laughs> I don't have any answers for you guys. I don't have answers for any of those. All I'm saying is that when you're in another country, just kind of have a little bit more respect. Exactly. Basic manners, Joslo. Basic manners. If you were at somebody's table, even in the U.S., why would you say that about the food that they're offering you? You either just wouldn't eat it or you just try a little bit of it and move on with your life. That part. So we find out that they hired a wedding planner for their wedding. And we find out that Chris's daughter, Jamie, is going to make the trek out to Columbia and go to the wedding. But no one from Jamie's family is going to come because her mom doesn't know that she's a lesbian and doesn't know that she's about to marry a woman. Um, she goes on to say that, you know, her mom may know from Facebook that, you know, she's taking pictures and has pictures of her and Chris together, but they haven't had like a individual talk um, about her being a lesbian because Jamie feels that her family may be homophobic. Um, <clears throat> so she's not ready to have that conversation with her mom because she feels like her mom's very rude about gay people. What were your thoughts on that, April? I think it's um, quite unfortunate when families live with this don't ask, don't tell policy. Um, it, it, it limits your opportunities to know someone and to truly love them and enjoy having experience with them. So now she's getting ready to have a milestone, which is a marriage, and you're not going to be part of it. You're, you're, the family's not going to be part of it because they've chosen to live in this don't ask, don't tell. And it's just, it's really unfortunate because one of the few things that we do get to have in life is to enjoy people and to enjoy events. That's that's one of the only guarantees that we get. So when you choose to shut off knowing your child in that way, it's really unfortunate. Agreed. So what I wanted to say at the top of the show, but I got a little too hyped because I was talking about something else. Uh, was that, you know what, what I've learned through the pandemic, what I've learned through um, just reassessing what's important in life because of all the losses we're going through. And I was thinking about just even, you know, you and I talking before we went live about the state of, of the world, really, and what's happening in America specifically. Life is too short, you guys. You got to love on each other because tomorrow is not promised. And 
it's the memories that you're going to take with you. So like, why not have beautiful memories? Because again, that's all you have. So, you know, here I am on my, on my Ted talk, but like love on the people that you love and it should be okay. And I'm going to actually take Usama's um, thought here and, and be like, who cares what everyone else is saying or whether they're judging you or not, be in the moment, share that moment with the person that you're loving on in the moment, because you don't know when you're going to have another opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And as some of you guys know, Hey, first of all, you guys know I'm super private. So a lot of you know nothing about me, period. But I will share this moment with you. Uh, April's coming up. And last year, or this time, I lost my sister. Um, and I still think about it today where I'm like, I could have done this. I should have spent more time on this. We used to bicker about stupid shit. And I just think of all the stuff. And there will be no tomorrow for us. Right. And so I'm just holding on to the memories and the laughters and the time that we've traveled together and, and, you know, drinking wine and being wherever we were in Toronto or in Africa or wherever we were and sharing. I know I'm about to cry too. Um, but sharing those moments, um, you have to share them because you just never know. You never know when you're going to have them. And then the worst part is the regret, right? Where you're just like, oh, we could have done this. Oh, we could have done that or whatever. So, you know, with this whole situation too, just you got to love on who you love. And I think it's unfortunate that Jamie can't be open and honest with her mom and share this beautiful moment because whether they, whether they last or not, or whether they actually do get married, it's still a moment that you would want to share with someone that you love. Exactly. I, my marriage ended shortly after it happened, but the pictures that I have of my father walking me are priceless. That is a priceless memory. You know, Um, I would feel even worse as a parent in this situation where my child feels like they can't come talk to me. Yeah. I would feel like I did not do a good job as a parent if I don't get to know you. I grew you and I birthed you and you don't want me to know you. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm quoting Osama, but you know what? He said something like all of it resonated with me. And you guys, thank you so much for your support in the live chat. I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm getting teary eyed. So I'm not going to look more at the live chat for a minute. Cause I want to share this with you. So Osama said, you know, it's important to just love on the person He's like, because all of these people who are judging you, if I got sick today, it would only be you and my family that would be taking care of me. And so their opinion doesn't matter. And that just rang true for me so, so, so much. Like people come and go out of your life. It's the people that really care about you that are going to be there when you need them the most. You know what I mean? Oh, dopey dope. Uh, thank you so much for the super sticker. It's been a minute. I hope that you are well. We're sending like great thoughts to you. I know Dopey Dope story, and it's been a hard year for him as well. And so I appreciate you, and I hope things are are great for you. Um, Amanda says, I understand Jamie wanting to protect herself, though, too. True. YOLO. Okay, so Chris says the same thing that you said, April, where she feels bad for Jamie because she is a mom and she, everything that you just said, like can't imagine her child not being able to come to her with anything. 
Um, I'm going to just go ahead and read my note. My note says that this is a 180 degree turn. It's freaking me out. Chris is just fine. Like, because all of a sudden now she's making sense. I'm agreeing mm -hmm. with her. She looks healthy. And I'm just trying to figure out what happened overnight. Like, does she have an immaculate, I don't know, April. It's freaking me out, though. This is a really good episode for Chris. Maybe there were glimmers of her having an okay time, you know, in and out during the other days. And they only showed us the bad stuff. Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm very confused. Uh, let's move on. Yes. Who's next? Danielle and Johan. Uh, okay. Overall thoughts of the segment. Okay. I have two feelings. Wait, I'll let you the recap first. Nope. Okay. Two feelings. Mm -hmm. One, I understood what Danielle was trying to say. I think I understand what she was trying to say. Which and part? I think the phrasing with the car, with driving the car. I think the phrasing should have been, if my stuff falls off the car and you're driving, I will blame you for it. But if I'm driving and it falls off, it will just be my fault. It'll be on me. So please let me drive so that this is, is doesn't become an issue and I can be responsible for the bags on top of the car. I just want to protect us from having an argument about it later on if something happens. That's what I think that she was trying to say. Okay, what was the second thought? My second thought is, although I don't like what Danielle said, I hated what Johan said. Like, viscerally hated it. I mean, it was a cooch dryer. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do my recap before you guys know what I thought. <laughs> Uh, so Danielle's back in New York city. She's been back for a month and it's not easy to be me. She said she has ADD. She's packing. She gets distracted, all the things, but she had to go back to the U S because she wasn't done her school year yet. Right. So, um, before she could officially move, she had to finish up the school year, which she did. And it's two days before she's taking her trip, leaving, moving to the Dominican Republic, and she's still not fully packed. So in the next 24 hours, she has to pack all the back boxes that you guys saw on your screen. She has to clean out the apartment and have to give the keys back. And she has to be out of the apartment, which, I mean, I'm a type A personality. If you guys don't know, you, I'm sure you guys could, could sense that about me. You're, you've been back for a month. Why are you waiting two days when you have to be out of your apartment? Like, what the fuck were you doing for the last 30 days? I don't understand. I don't understand the lack of planning. I guess that would it, what it is. I, April, yes. can be spontaneous and have been spontaneous with the best of them. What I'm not going to be spontaneous about is my future and my life and where the roof over my head and the planning to get to where I need to go. I moved from a whole country to another country. Do you think I just was like, hmm? It's two days before I'm going to pack up my apartment and go and this might go. No, you need to research where you're storing your shit. You need to pack some stuff. You need to sell some stuff. You need to do your banking. You need to do your visas. You need to do your like, I don't I just don't get it, April. I don't yeah. get it. I was very methodical when I moved to Mexico, too. But I also was only working one job. 
I think she's has several different ventures going on that she was probably more focused on wrapping up versus the packing. But that's just me just making assumptions. I don't know. I don't know. I'm she just saying she like, like ADD, so it could have just been an ADD issue. Let's or give ADHD, her that. Let's give it. her that. So this is going to be the first time in 19 years that she hasn't been teaching high school. So she is also going through that tra transition, right? She has packed up her whole life into 16 boxes and 10 suitcases. I'm assuming the 16 boxes are either going to storage or she's shipping them over. The 10 suitcases are coming with her on her trip as she moves to the Dominican Republic. Um, she spends the last night in a hotel. And she gets on the flight and, you know, she has all these bags. So there's a little bit of maneuvering going on. She's hoping the bellhop is going to help her and all the things. Great. She gets on the plane and she's just really deciding that she's moving forward in love, in peace, and towards partnership. And she's hoping that she's going to have a better life. And she's starting a new chapter with her partner. She's nervous about the life that she's going to have versus start um, the vacation she's had with Johan, which you guys... I have said from day one, you guys know me on this channel, right? It's very rare that you can make Vacay Bay your forever bay. It's very rare. It's very, very, very rare. I personally always say leave Vacay Bay on vacation, okay? Because being on vacation and living with someone are two completely different things. Being in a long distance relationship with someone that you've met while you were on vacation and not in your real life is a very separate thing. Normally, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because you haven't been in their real environment and they haven't been in your real environment. So you haven't really been real with each other. And let it be what it is. It doesn't necessarily always have to be something else. It can be a beautiful moment in the moment that you're in. That being said, this obviously was more than that. They made it work. They got married. And now she's she's picking up from New York City, going to, to the Dominican Republic to start a new chapter. And <clears throat> again, she's nervous about what that life is going to look like. But she's going to take a risk um, to move there because she believes in love and peace and all of that stuff. And she wants to have, you know, a little bit of a slower lifestyle. Now, here's the part that didn't make sense to me. And again, I've been the only blogger, YouTuber, whatever that has been sticking up from, for Danielle. But Danielle, I have to disagree with you in this moment because I was like, what? He is not a mind reader. You are a communicator. So why didn't you use your words in this moment? So here's what's happened. She didn't tell Johan about the 10 suitcases that she was bringing. Okay. He always rents the same car from his friend. She's mad at him that he not only thought outside of the box and was like, hey, you have all this shit with you. Let me tie it up to the roof of the car. She's mad at him for not knowing that she was moving. So she's going to have more bags than normal. And he should have then therefore rented a van. Danielle, what? How? Like, Let's just take a moment and think about that. It would be way easier for you to just be like, hey, honey, guess what? I have so many suitcases. We're like 10 suitcases. So can we plan for that? Versus, hey, honey, you didn't know that I was going to have 10 bags 
and you didn't rent a different car than you normally did. You didn't rent a van for me. How dare you? It's your fault. I don't get it. Uh, Vanessa says she's been knowing she's moving. C. Crew says my husband would have known and had my favorite Starbucks coffee ready. Um, Seekers, you're very lucky. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a husbandless gal, obviously, but when my sisters come to visit me, I always ask them how much stuff that they have because I want to know: Am I going to be driving my car? Or am I going to be getting an Uber that, you know, like a, a van type Uber? So I feel like it's standard for me as the receiver to ask that question. Oh, so are you thinking that Johan's in the wrong? I know. I wouldn't say he's in the wrong. I just said like my practices as the receiver, that that's a question that I normally take the responsibility to ask. Hmm. But as, for you, if somebody's coming to visit you, what do you normally do? Do you normally ask them if you're meeting them at the airport? Do you normally ask them what they're bringing, or do you wait for them to give you some kind of cue as to what kind of vehicle you need? I've never had to ask because when people come to visit, it's like from the beginning to end. They've told me, "Hey, do these dates work for you? Um, can we stay with you? Where do you live? How long can I stay?" and from there, I just know, right? So if you're staying for two weeks, you're probably going to have one big ass suitcase and a carry-on at most. So it's never been an issue. But I don't think it also, too, is my responsibility to be like, hey, how much shit are you bringing with you? And do I need to, you know, rent a different car? Because if anything, I'm the traveler. It's my responsibility. So if Danielle... Sorry, Danielle, not sorry, but if you needed a van, you should have rented the van because you've rented cars before. You normally pay for everything. You pay for the hotel and all the things. So you knew what your needs were. Yeah. All of a sudden, right, he's been driving for less than a year. So I can assume that he's been renting this car on and off for less than a year from his friend. But you knew how much shit you had, Danielle. So you probably were like, hey, I should probably rent a van or I should probably tell Johan that we need to rent a van. Whatever the case may be, I just don't think he was a mind reader, and I I just don't see him as at yeah. yeah, fault. It, I mean, it wouldn't have hurt. It wouldn't have hurt for her to say, "Hey, by the way, I've got ten bags." So, right. Amanda says, <laughs> "You let people stay with you for two weeks." LOL. Let me clarify, Amanda, because yeah, the the internet is forever. I let people that I've known for my whole life stay with me. <laughs> and my family that's it if you know me which again a lot of you don't know me people that i've i've no asked some of my friends they've never been to my apartment i'm weird like that some people have never been here i have a whole energy thing that i i have i like how it vibes in my apartment and some of y'all i love you but you can't come over because your attitude's a little too stinky and i i would have to get rid of it so <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh, Sherry's new. Sherry said, uh, she said she knew what car he drives. It seems to me like she set him up. Hmm. I don't know if it was so much. I mean, up. at that point, it's setting herself up because it's, they're her bags. Her stuff, right? So, um, <clears throat> Johan gets there. He's happy, but he's nervous because of the issues that they've had in the past and the fighting that they've they've done. 
especially the last trip that she was on. Uh, he found an apartment for them, but doesn't know if she's going to like it because his word, quote, she's demanding. And on the flip side, she's excited to see him because now she feels like she's never going to have to be away from her husband again and do the long distance thing. Uh, suitcase issue comes up. We really did talk about it in length. Uh, but the, again, the simple fact that she thought he should have realized that she would have more stuff was bizarre. She's like, you know, instead of a four-door, he should have had a van. And I'm like, I don't know how he would have known that, but here we are. He still made it work. So how about just be thankful that your man thinks outside the box. And he was like, Hey, at least I have this rope or whatever it was to tie the rest of the stuff up to the trunk or mm -hmm. to the, the roof. I feel like it worked out. So <clears throat> packing my 10 bags, you're ridiculous, Amanda. Um, so then the issue of driving happened and she doesn't trust him to drive. Uh, she wants to drive because she feels like she has 25 years of experience. He has less than a year. He's already had an accident and one ticket. And so she should drive. He's like, it doesn't matter if you have 25 years, 25 years means nothing. Driving is driving. I think I should be able to drive this car with you. And then she gives, she like gives into him. He drives and then they have this fight that I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around you guys. And I was like, did we just go back for both of them? Did we both go back in time? So, She's mad at him because she's like, you know, if you are going to want to fight, I'm not the one because we can fight every day. I, I, I'm a fighter. I can be there, done that. And he says to her, you say stupid things sometimes. Um, she's like, well, I don't like it when you act like you think you're my dad. Then he says, I don't like it when you don't, quote, obey me. Hmm. Then he goes on to say, let me be the man. And then he says, he's the one that has an eggplant. And so she then goes on to say the eggplant uh, is a thinking tool, but it's not an effective one. And goes on to say that Johan is attached to traditional gender norms and he should know that she doesn't follow the patriarchy. It doesn't work for her. And that whole conversation just blew my mind. Yeah, it did not have to go that far at all. It didn't. But it did, some things came out that were pretty annoying for me. I was annoyed by almost everything that Johan said. Not almost everything, everything, yeah. It was, it was impressively ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, throw that whole segment out. That's how I felt. Throw the whole segment out. Throw the whole segment out because... I was annoyed by both of them. I was annoyed the fact that he's talking about men obey me, obey me, okay, obey me. And then I was upset. I was upset. I wasn't upset. I was more annoyed that she was like, you know, he's thinking with his eggplant and it's not an effect, like all of it. I just throw that whole segment out. That's all I want to say about it. Throw that whole segment out. None of us had to hear any of that because it's outrageous, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, is that okay? So we have how many couples do we have left? Oh, damn. We need to do Debbie. Three more couples. Oh, man. 
We have three more couples. You know, we got stuck. We should not have started with Nicole. That was the problem. Because Nicole <laughs> is the most problematic. Okay. It was me, Jim Jammin. No, it was both of us. Because it's, it's Nicole. She's problematic. That's the problem. Okay. So let's talk about Gabe and Isabel. Overall thoughts yes. of their segment. Um, I, I just need to see the next part. But I felt hopeful. The parents didn't automatically make the sign of the cross and run away or anything. They just said they have questions. So that made me feel hopeful. Same. I felt hopeful and I feel like there's so much love there. It's going to be hard for me to see if they reject him, all that love to just go away. Mm -hmm. So they're in El Carmen. Um, You know, Isabella and Gabe can't sleep in the same room because they're under her dad's roof. The dad's conservative and religious. um, So he really just wants to stick with his rules, especially because the kids are there. They talk about how, you know, we live in the same apartment, we sleep together every day. But again, you're you're respecting the rules of, of a house that you're visiting. And, it, you know, that's only common courtesy. Um, parents love Gabe. He feels bad because, you know, they're so nice to him. They're full of love. And he feels like he's holding a big secret. And he wants to tell them the next day. He wants to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, because he feels like the longer they wait, the worse it's going to be. And he's afraid that they're going to see him in a different way. And he doesn't want that. Uh, especially because he also wants their blessing to go ahead and propose to Is- Isabel. Now, Isabel and Gabe are both worried about the dad, right? Because the dad has traditional and conservative values. Um, Isabel is worried that, quote, the dad's going to say, God doesn't like that. And so she's like, hey, you know, do you have a plan to Gabe? Like, what are you going to say tomorrow? And because you're determined to talk to them, you should have a plan. So she's frustrated that he doesn't have a plan because he's like, I don't know yet. Do you think he should have had a plan? Okay, so yes, he could go ahead and choose his words and work on them, work on how to say it in Spanish instead of using the translator that we've already seen fail him before in the past. Um, But I still feel like a lot of this is on Isabel. I think she could have been prepping them because I think it's rude to give somebody this kind of information on TV and then force them into reacting on TV. I think that's rude. And The reason why is because if their initial reaction isn't where they land, like if they have a bad initial reaction, but they land in a place where they love them and accept and they want to move forward with their lives, then you have that bad reaction memorialized forever. I mean, I agree with you. Um, And I know Isabel could have been dropping hints all this time and bringing up conversations with them that would have made it a little bit easier. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you, April. I am thinking about, it just came to my head. I'm thinking about most people's reaction on TV specifically is not that great. And it wasn't too long ago that there was a reality show called Cheaters. And that not only did the hosts get injured, and that's why the show got canceled, mm-hmm. but the two people that were involved, because the guy was surprised by the cheating behavior of the woman, he attacked her. And I, I believe someone, I don't know, I can't remember if someone died or at least they were seriously injured, but it was that 
you're going to say all of this stuff in the moment with no prep time, no leading up to, yeah, people might not act the way you think that they're going to act. And have we not learned from that? Yeah. That Um, being said, I agree. I think that this could have been something that you started to talk about, see where your family and your friends land mm -hmm. on the situation and if anything, just like here, me having you on the show, April, and you co-hosting, there's so much I've learned from you this season because I had no idea. But guess what? It's not like we just jumped into it. We have had our conversations and we agree to disagree. But guess what? It's not brand new. It's all stuff that we're leading up and we're learning from. So I I do think that they've handled this poorly on both of their parts. They should have both led up to the reveal. Um, so that being said, uh, he's like, I don't know what I'm going to say tomorrow. Um, he hasn't thought about it. And so she's like, well, if you use the wrong words, it could be detrimental to our relationship. It could end our relationship. And then he says to her, well, if that happens, will you choose me or your dad? And I was like, Ooh, that's a big question. And she said the same thing. She was like, what a question. And Gabe was like, well, it's valid because it might come up. And she, her, she answered, honestly, she's like, I don't know who I'd pick. I I disagree with Gabe here. I don't think that's a valid question to ask somebody when you haven't even had an opportunity to see what the potential response is going to be. If Isabel had been broaching the subject and she kind of knows how her parents might respond, then you have a basis for asking the question. But she here hasn't done that. She has no idea how they're going to respond. So she can't answer that question. It's not a, I don't think it's a reasonable question to ask. Agreed. Um, and then Gabe goes on to say, because she doesn't know, he feels like their relationship isn't as solid as he thought. And I was like, well, that's not really a fair thing to say. It's not because you, even if your family is not accepting the way that you want them to be, they are still, they've carried you through your entire life. They've sustained you when your other relationships failed. And it would be unreasonable to ask someone to, to, they could choose to do that, but it's unreasonable to say that our relationship isn't as strong as I thought it would if just because they're not willing to drop that on a dime. Yeah. A lot of people who have severed their relationships with their family members, it, it didn't happen one day. It happened because of multiple incidents. It happened because they tried to work things out and they couldn't. So asking her to make that decision in one day, that I, no, I don't find any of that reasonable or a good basis for saying we don't have a good relationship. Agreed. So <clears throat> it's the next day. Uh, they're taking the parents horseback riding. They're leaving the kids at home because, you know, they're going to go ahead and have the conversation that Gabe is trans. Uh, Isabel's scared. Because she doesn't know if her relationship is going to end at this moment. Will this be the last of the two of them if things don't go well with her dad? Um, So they do some horseback riding. That was really sweet to see. And then they sit down uh, at a bench. They're going to have some cafes. And uh, (laughs) I just thought of my mom right there in a moment. Um, And Gabe says, you know, something important I have to say, today has been a really good day, right? He says as a question, uh, but I need to tell you something important, he says. He goes on to use like a little translator app and says, I don't want you guys to see me 
I don't want you to see me differently than you do now. I have to tell you this because I don't want any secrets, lies, or, or you feeling that you're being, um, or being deceitful, or, or if you're feeling that I'm being deceitful to you. Uh, when I was born, he says, I was born a woman and I've been a man for 10 years and I'm trans. And then there was silence. Now, April, I'm a little, okay. So as you guys know, I'm brand new to this. I'm still learning, but I feel like I was a little surprised by the way Gabe worded this. I would think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I would think that he would have said that when he was born, he was assigned female. And then since then, he's he's realized that he identifies as a man, has been living as a man for the last 10 years. And I wouldn't have, I don't know, but I wouldn't even have put I'm trans part because it's self-explanatory after that, isn't it not? You might, um, it might be self-explanatory to one person, but not another. Okay. Um, so that would be the reason why I think he would say I'm trans at the end. The part in the beginning, I think that he's just giving them the simplest explanation possible. Mm -hmm. If we were both, if we're both speaking English, he could use words. I was assigned female at birth. Gotcha. Detail, but I think he's just giving the most simple thing for the translator to use. Because remember, uh, Gabe was identified as lesbian for many, many, many years before um beginning any kind of transition or referring to himself as uh, he him so you know instead of going through that entire dialogue it's like here's the short and quick of it and then give them the opportunity to ask any questions that they have i think i think that's what is going on here you know what keep it simple stupid i'm 100 i'm glad you said that thank you because i was not thinking that at all yeah, I don't think it's an attempt to, or if, or if we were talking, um, Gabe might say to me, I've always felt this way, yeah. but I did not know what that feeling was or how yeah. to, how to act on it. Yeah. But that's not the easiest way to explain it to somebody who's for the first time being introduced to this topic. Makes sense to me. Thank you for that. Uh, so we're left on pins and needles because all we saw was silence on the dad's part, on the mom's part as well. And so we're gonna have to wait to next week to find out what happens. Um, Usama and Debbie. Actually, I'm not even going out. In Morocco. In Morocco. Okay, so overall thoughts of the se their segment. I love the fact that he was able to reassure her right in that moment where she was feeling maybe he doesn't like being here with me. Um, I love the language that he used, like uh, what you quoted earlier that he said. I, I, I like Debbie and I like Osa I like that he apologized for the way that you know he misunderstood what their plans were for when he arrived here. I, I'm a fan. I love Debbie. I love her. I love all her eccentric parts. Um, I'm surprised by Usama because, you know, he is what, 24, he's got a little bit of wisdom behind him. So he, you know, I know I talk crazy about him, but he, he surprised me. He surprised me with his wisdom. So I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Um, that being said, they had a huge fight her first day there. 
he was he made it clear that she can stay for a couple of months and she's got to go back to America. She wasn't feeling it. Um, she's like, you know, if you're supposed to be my fiance, I feel disrespected. What about her plan? She said, what happened to that? Uh, and you know, I, I just love the way she talks because it's so funny to me. She's like, this is a freaking nightmare. Everything about her is awesome. Her big fan. Um, yeah. And speaking of the fan, I didn't, I put it on my social media, you guys, and maybe if I can find it real quick, I'll show you. But I found, I found the fan, April. How much is it? How much would you pay for the fan? I would pay $60 for that Peacock fan. Well, then you might be buying a Peacock fan. So oh my God. I found, okay, can, can you guys see that? Yes, I found the fan on Etsy, you guys. Handmade on Etsy. It's only $27. $27. I need this for my next vacation. Yes. I will send you the link. So the fan is available. It's on Etsy. Um, <clears throat> fans on Etsy, you guys. I found it. I put it on my social media, but maybe, I don't know what I'll do. But if you want it or you're looking for it, I'm sure you could just go on Etsy and just be like, Peacock fan and find it. If you can't, then you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll send you the link. But it's out there. It's beautiful. It comes in different colors. has like, I can have a red accent, have a blue accent or the green accent, whatever you want. It's there. Um, oh, I still have it up. That's funny. I mean, even April. Mm -hmm. Look at this one. This one's only $11. Different vendor, but... $11? Look how cute this one is. That one's cute. I want more color. I want more of the green and the blue. Yeah, so the first vendor... This is the $27 one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Twenty-seven oh seven. Uh, you're right, Amanda. It's gonna be my new thing. Uh, I haven't looked into it, you guys. I haven't looked all the details. I just know it's on Etsy. Um, so yeah, April can have the fan. I can have the mic. We do a whole <laughs> show over here. Um, so she's mad at him. He comes over to talk to her, which I also thought was very mature of him. He wants to talk about last night. And she's like, you know, I still have a lot to think about Usama. And I think she loves saying her, his name because she said it like a hundred times. I have a lot to think about Usama. It was a slap in the face, Usama. You're a different Usama. I don't know what's wrong with you, Usama. It's not the same Usama. I was like, okay, I get it, Debbie, but okay. Definitely loves his name. Loves his name. Uh, said that she was really freaked out by the night before. She didn't know that he was going to be like that. She's surprised that he didn't realize that she was moving there permanently. He's like, well, it was a misunderstanding because don't forget their whole relationship was on social media, right? Yes, she's been there before, but obviously not to a point where he thought, oh, the next time she comes over, she's moving permanently and we're getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joslo knows me so well. She's like, it can be <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Lord. <laughs> I do say that a lot, April. <laughs> so misunderstanding. 
And so he wants to make it up to her. He's also realizing after he had a terrible sleep on it that his poems and paintings are not going to be enough for the relationship. Um, actions, he say, says, speak louder than words. And so he's going to have to prove his love to her, he says. And he wants to make her happy. I was shocked by all of that. 24-year-old April? Yeah, I, I, he, he reflected on what happened. And he said, what did I possibly do wrong to contribute to this? Let me go apologize for what I did wrong. There yes. is, there's, have we seen any man on 90 Day Fiance ever do this? No, nope. not, not that I can recall. And I've been here since day one. And someone that's so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can't think of anyone. If you guys can, let us know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, definitely hit us up in the comments. April and I both checked them. Uh, again, don't forget to like and subscribe. As well as April is streaming this live from her channel, so make sure to like and subscribe on her channel as well. Um, so Debbie's feeling a little less trusting of Osama. She's like, I have to protect myself and my kids, she says. And... So she is feeling that they should put the brakes on a little bit and go a little bit slower. Um, and she wants him to prove that he loves her, which I don't necessarily like those words, April. Like, prove to me that you love me. Like, how do you prove to someone that you love them besides your actions showing that, yeah. hey, I care about you and I want you to be in my space? I don't know. Just consistency. Consistency. I mean, and time. Yeah. Um, but I think his apology should obviously help smooth things over. And she also needs to reflect and say, okay, I can see where this misunderstanding came from. So going forward, what are we going to do? Because they, he, she, he apologized. She accepted the apology. But they didn't make a plan on what they're going to do going forward to avoid it happening again. Yeah. That part. So she also talks about how she wants security and safety in the relationship. Um, she wants no more misunderstandings. And she wants Osama to man up and be the Osama that she knew in the past. Again, didn't really love the, the language there, but I understand the sentiment. Agreed. So first full day in Morocco and they've hit the reset button. They're about to start over. They feel like they've communicated enough about the misunderstanding. So they're going to go off to the beach. And Debbie was so adorable. She gets to the beach. She's super excited. She's like, oh my God, this is my beach. We're going to call it Debbie's beach from here. It's Debbie's beach day. She finds the ocean healing, she says. And she's hoping that maybe they'll start off everything brand new going forward from this moment wash away the sins of the world and start anew <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a camel that shows up and she goes ballistic she's like camel can we please ride the camel can we please be on the camel and she's excited like a young lady and uh, she's like, Camel, I love you. I love you, Camel. And as she's getting on the camel, she's like, does the camel come with the seatbelt? And then this is the part that you guys, okay, if you're in the live chat, and oh, 
By the way, YouTube, this is about a camel. I'm not inciting anything. I am verbatim reading back what was shown on 90 Day Fiancé by TLC. Don't come for me. I don't need any type of strikes. I don't need any type of problems. I'm literally reading verbatim what was shown on the show so that we can discuss it for educational purposes. That being said, she says about the camel, April, he's big and he's thick and he's bent down on his knees. And I'm thinking, how can I get up over him? I'm willing myself. <laughs> I died of laughter. Then she goes on to say, look at me, I'm on a camel. And she's screaming, she's laughing. She's so excited. And here's the thing that cracked me up the most. She's like, ride him, cowboy. Giddy up, cowboy. And I was like, she's being hilarious right now. She's on a horse and she's feeling her inner child. And she even says that she feels finally free. Her inner child is finally free. It's the biggest fun she's had in a long time. She's been super enthusiastic about it. Um, and Osama loves that about her, loves the energy she has for life. And she was then started doubting herself, which I thought was really sad. Like she enjoyed that moment. He enjoyed her having that moment. And then when they sat down again on the blanket, she asked him, are you embarrassed about me? And sometimes she feels like people are looking at them that he feels embarrassed. And he's like, no, when I'm around you, I don't see anything else. I want to see you happy and seeing you happy makes me happy. And I only see you. Um, and that's what love is. And then we talked about some of the other stuff he said about, you know, if I got sick, it would just be like the person I love and my family. So everything else is a distraction. It doesn't matter. Um, I loved it. I did too. Every single word of it spoke to me. Yeah. I loved it. And I, I was surprised because, you know, you guys have called him some terrible names, Snaggletooth and all. But he came with some wisdom and he came with love and he came with humility. He came, like you said, with self-reflection, which we mm -hmm. hardly see on the show. Like, hey, you know what? I know I messed up in the moment and I think there was a misunderstanding and let's use our word and communicate and talk about it so that we can both grow and move past the situation, which we don't get to see very often. We don't. It was beautiful. Um, beautiful. Last and certainly least in my books. <laughs> joking, not joking, but <laughs> is Jen and Rishi. Thoughts of their whole, listen, April, listen, April, listen. I am irritated by this. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Me, me, me. Um, I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts about them. I mean, he did look genuinely sad that he was leaving. Um I don't know what else to say. I mean, like the preview doesn't give me much hope. Um, okay. Well, I'll say it then. I find this ridiculous. I find it so I feel lied to. I feel lied to and misled in this whole situation. I'm gonna tell you why. So first and foremost, let's think back to when Rishi 
quote rented the apartment for her how long did you rent an apartment where like yeah i get you can be month to month places but i don't think that that's what it was and like i said from the get-go i think it was an airbnb that you can pack up and just bounce and that's why there was no shit there that's why there was no toilet paper no blankets or all the things it was a really an airbnb that she wasn't really moving to the second part is you're saying you're moving and you're going the other way and you have two years the pandemic where you can't even give me the excuse that you were busy doing other things because you couldn't go anywhere because we're all stuck at home. So right. you're telling me you were stuck at home with two master's degrees and you couldn't figure out a single entry visa. You say you picked up and moved your life to move to India just to find out that you can only stay there for 30 days because that's not a move. And I, yes, yeah. I saw, I saw the preview where she says she's going back to India and all that stuff, but why didn't you do it right the first time? Because you're making me feel like this is all BS. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. a move. That wasn't a move. I mean, one of the, one of the first things you're going to make sure of if you think you're moving to a country is to read all of your visa requirements. I just, I just don't believe, yeah. I don't believe it. I believe that this was like her testing the waters for 30 days and seeing if she was going to actually be with them. So it's her last day in India. She's going back to the U.S. Um, and <laughs> oh, my notes sometimes, you guys. Uh, <clears throat> doesn't know when she'll be back. And it seems like she just got there. And yeah, it seems like you just got there. It didn't even feel like 30 days. Like, how are you on 30 days, but Debbie's on day two? And how are you on 30 days, but... Um, What's her face? Nicole's been there for like a month. Like, I I do feel like we didn't see anything. We saw you arrive. We saw you do some yoga. We saw you do some weird dance thing. We saw you fly a kite. That's four days. We saw you go to Rishi's parents' house and drink some chai tea, and now you're leaving. Right. It does not feel like she's been there for a true 30 days, even with what she had one day before she even went to Jaipur. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing. No, Garbage. So they feel like they're still going to try to make their relationship work. She, again, which gave me no faith because she's like, I'm going to apply for a new visa as soon as I can. What? This is supposed to be your fiance and there's no sense of urgency. You're complaining that you guys were away from each other for two years and now you've spent quote, 30 days together, but really, yeah. I doubt that. And now you're going to see as soon as possible? Okay. Got she also it. didn't have to go all the way back to the U.S. She could have gone somewhere else. But she chose to go all the way back to the United States. I told you when I was in Morocco, I met someone who got rejected from their attempt to go to India because they didn't have enough pages in their passport. So the only yeah. reason he was in Morocco was because he was waiting for a new passport and then he was going to go back. He didn't come all the way back to the U.S. Yeah. Which is what I thought she originally wanted to do, but the other attorney advised her against it, right? Well, I think he just told her, you got to leave. It's a single entry. It's only 30 days. He didn't say where she had to go. No, he did. He told her he to go back to the U.S., yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what that. I'm saying. Go back to the U.S. But the, also, that attorney was so over her. Yeah, he was. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was like very. He was very like this is American nonsense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Get her out of here. Yep. Uh, 
So then Rishi shows up. He's heartbroken, doesn't want to lose her. And so he has a surprise for her, like how Chris had a surprise for Jamie. He wants to make it official again. So he gets on one day and says, will you marry me? She says, yes. And my note says, wait, what? Because you just told us that you weren't ready to marry him and you needed more time to make sure that this was like something that you really wanted to do. And now he's proposing to you for a second time in real life, but he doesn't want to tell his parents about you. So like, what's the point of re getting re-engaged if he's not really going to make the move to tell his parents so that you can actually get married? Well, first of all, Linda, you're not going to compare him getting in the street and proposing to Chris glamping with roses and proposing with a new ring. He's just in a busy street proposing. No, I agree with you. I, I'm just saying, like, it's not like Chris and Jamie in that way at all, but it is in the sense that they're doing it in real life, right? Versus like on yeah. the phone or whatever. But yeah, um, it's ridiculous. You, but it's also not the same because so what? You're now you guys are still in this. This hasn't moved the needle forward. You're still in the same position where your parents don't know that you actually proposed to someone who they don't know about, and they're still trying to set you up in an arranged marriage. So like, what was the point of that? Right? Ty's way says, "Can you say stalling that part? That part because yeah. you, you all you're doing is resetting." the stall tactics yeah now she has a ring on her finger and he never said you know when they told her if you could give us when she went to the attorneys and they said if you could give us a date that you were planning on getting married we could work something out for you but she didn't want one because she didn't know if that's what she wanted right but he didn't even offer yeah, so at least submit tried to get jenny to become a harry krishna so she could stay <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Christina, I love you. I just interviewed Christina on my Patreon. She was lovely. She sent me a bunch of stuff. You guys, if you haven't checked out Christina's stuff, and she's really not, she she just sent all the stuff to me. But one of the things that she sent that I just absolutely love is her partner has a don't be like basic tea. And this is like the tea. Look how cute that is. That's adorable. Isn't it? Anyway, she sent me a whole box of stuff and I did an unboxing. Uh, the video will be up on social media at some point, but you guys, it, she right. sent like a box of stuff. It was all amazing. Um, that being said, back to Jen and Rishi and the fact that he's like, I don't want to lose her and I'm committed to her, which, you know, I... You haven't told your parents. Nope. And on the flip side, she feels like something's going to happen to prevent them from being together. And I agree with her because I don't think she's fully committed to being with them. Like she likes the attention she has in the moment. But when given like, hey, what day do you want to get married? She's like, oh, I'm not ready. Neither one of them is committed to this. That part. So then uh, she's back in Oklahoma and she's feeling defeated and I call BS on that because, again, with your two master's degree, you would have probably done a little bit more research and then you would not have ended up back in America and back in Oklahoma. 
She's nervous to tell her family what happened. Uh, her sister-in-law picks her up from the airport. And she admits that she was reluctant to come back because, you know, she screwed up on the visa. And here's the part that I thought was super hilarious. So her sister-in-law was like, so tell me about the trip. How was the trip? Um, and, you know, what did you guys do? Did he repropose? Did you guys have sex? And she was like, no, no, no. You know, I've decided that we're not going to have sex until we're married. And Tara's like, well, did he try? And she was like, no. And Tara seemed super perplexed by that. And, you know, people have said that they seem to not have any chemistry. And, I mean, those people would not be wrong. Yeah. So then, <clears throat> uh, dinner time, she pops in. She shows the ring to her family, explains that he reproposed, and... The brother, you guys, I've been waiting for the brother because the brother sounds exactly like Tim from Tim and Veronica and Pillow Talk and Single Life. And I just love, I don't know why I just love it so much, but I just love it because I hear his voice, but then the face is different. So then it freaks me out, but then I'm so intrigued by it. It's like a whole thing that we go through. So the brother's not buying any of this. He's like, this is bullshit. You basically renewed your engagement for what? Um, then the brother is real talk, April. He's like, so when's the wedding? <laughs> Oh, what? You don't have a date yet? <laughs> and then the brother, because the brother's real talk, says, so how'd it go with his family? <laughs> he was cutting to the chase. And Jen's like, well, he introduced me as a friend. Um, and then she tells them about the arranged marriage stuff. And her brother's like, this is bullshit. I don't believe Rishi for one minute. Looks like all he's doing is stalling. He's not committed to you. He's not committed to the relationship. Like the brother was just like hitting her in the face with facts, April. Facts mm -hmm. after facts after facts after facts. <laughs> um, and that was my note that her brother's not effing around. And even their mom doesn't believe this whole situation either. And was like, you know, commitment is a trust issue and, and I don't feel like he's committed to you. I don't trust him. And I think at the end of the day, the brother says that you're going to get your heart broken. And so I'm not feeling it is basically what he was telling her. And I don't think he's wrong. I think they have no chemistry. I think she really doesn't have any intention of living in India for the rest of her life. Um, I don't think that they have anything in common really so that's why she's pussyfooting that's why she couldn't give a date where she was going to be like hey yes i want to get married on this day she couldn't give a day where hey yes i'm going to commit to getting my visa renewed all the things even though if you saw the preview where she's like oh i'm back going back to india okay well going back to india and then what what's the plan i what i would say to jen if by chance she's watching is it's okay to have a fling. It's okay to just let Rishi be your fling for when you're visiting India and go on about your life, you know, outside of your fling. You don't have to try and turn it into anything else. April's just saying more eloquently, vacay bay can be vacay bay and you can leave vacay bay in vacay. You can, you can have more than one. You can, you can, every single place that you like to vacation, 
you can have a body there. Wonderful. Knock yourself out. You do not have to turn it into anything else. That part. And on that note, you guys, it's been lovely. <laughs> it's been lovely. We love you here. Thank you for joining us every Monday. Um, guys, I haven't watched it yet, but it's going to be my next watch. Seeking Brother Husband is coming up next on TLC. I will be covering it because I have all the questions. I'm can, intrigued about this one too. Right, because I can barely get one man. How do you have two husbands? Where are you going and where do I need to go so that I can snag myself a little one? <laughs> a little one. I don't mean little, by the way, y'all. I just mean, you know, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. I will see you all tomorrow. April, thank you so much. And you guys will see you guys soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye.